Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So you're at war. You're in a war just exactly like I am. So how do I fight that war? I do not fight that war with human reasoning. It's an old brainer doesn't work. Human reasoning is faulty. I fight it with whose weapons? We read it. Whose weapons? God's weapon. I will bring down strongholds in my life that Satan wants to bring into me through the weapons of God. And what are those weapons? Prayer, the word of God, in the power of God. Like it or not, you're in a battle for your eternal soul as well as for your usefulness to God on earth. Satan wants to ruin your eternal life and will use your human nature against you to do it. Since he controls the world system and its messaging, that's two powerful forces trying to keep you from God's best for your life. Pastor Mark, in his teaching, is trying to show you how to understand what God wants for your life and to provide you with tools for achieving the knowledge of God. Reading the Word, meditating on what you read in prayer are tools to unlock the wisdom and power of God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, How to Control Our Thinking. Do you ever hear this term? It's a no-brainer. Well, what does that mean? It's just natural. That's exactly what the world wants to do. Our natural way of thinking isn't spiritual. I don't think like God naturally. So don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. It squeezes us in to its thinking. Let me give you an illustration. You begin to think about it. When we turn the Super Bowl on, okay, is there any advertisers that have as their goal to squeeze us into their way of thinking? Hello? Anybody? How many million for a commercial? Every single one of them. And by the way, some of the gals will be dressed a little different. And it isn't for you gals. It's for the guy sitting next to you. Don't just go, ah. <laughs> Don't let it just, you, you just squeeze you in without even thinking. Mm. That's what it's doing. Let's read on. Bring your mind back from the Super Bowl now. Bring it right on back here. Instead, now you're going to hear me use this word a number of times this morning. Be intentional. Don't be squeezed without thinking. It's not a no-brainer. Instead, fix your attention. You have to think about it. 
Fix your attention on God and you will be changed from the, did we sing it today or not? From the inside out. How does religion want to change us? From the outside. You got to dress a certain way. You got to look a certain way. You got to have hair done a certain way. You got to do this a certain way. Forget it. God wants to change us from the inside. And the way he does that is through thinking. Now, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Let's finish the verse. Here we go. Unlike the culture around you, which is the world system, it's ruled by Satan, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God, on the other hand, brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Here's what I want you to write. God wants to transform our thinking, and he does that transformation by meditating on the word of God. That's what Romans chapter 12 Verse 2 says, as we meditate on the word of God, our mind is transformed. The old to the new. The old to the new. And I do that by obviously paying attention to the word of God. You'll see how important that is in a moment. Now, turn with me, Old Testament, Joshua chapter 1. Old Testament, Joshua chapter 1. And we'll look at verse 8. Now, let's see if you can understand what we're going to talk about. Joshua chapter 1. What happened is Moses was leading the children of Israel into the promised land. But he died. So God comes to Joshua, who is second in command. And God says to Joshua, you're the man. You're the man. By the way, ladies, if you want to get good flowers on Valentine's Day, somewhere during the next week, say to your guy, you're the man, man. You're, you're the man. <laughs> Come on, turn around fair play so you'll get a nice set of flowers. All right. Bring your mind back here again. Okay, here we go. God says, Joshua, take them in. Take these two million people across the Jordan into the promised land. Now, as he's talking to Joshua, we know that something's wrong with Joshua's thinking. Because three times, three, not once, three times God has to come back to Joshua. In these eight verses, three times God has to come back to Joshua and say this. Joshua... Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Now, why does he have to say it three times? Because Joshua's thinking is wrong. And he keeps thinking wrong. Now, I don't know if there's any correlation with this, but how many enemies do we have? Huh? Three. And how many times does God say, be strong and courageous? Oh, maybe. What was wrong with Joshua's thinking? Let me just give you an idea. You can't prove it from the Bible, but it could make very much common sense. Number one, Satan is our enemy. Satan could have been lying to Joshua. Joshua, you were in that land. There's giants all over the place. Now, I know you thought 40 years ago you can do it, but you'll never do it. And so all of a sudden, Satan begins lying to Joshua, and Joshua starts getting a little fearful. I'm 40 years later. (laughs) Second, the world system. What were the world system there? Well, the children of Israel were very much like the world. They would be like God, and two days later, they'd be like the world. They'd get squeezed into the mold. They'd make a little god of gold and worship. So some of these Israelites would probably saw Joshua over there, and Joshua's looking at the Jordan kind of thinking, and they came up to him and go like, Joshua, what are you thinking, man? 
He says, well, God's going to take us across this river into the... You mean where all them enemies are? You mean where those walled cities are? Joshua, our parents tried that 40 years ago. They're all dead. Didn't work. It ain't going to work now. So Joshua was going, whoa, Satan says we can't do it. The people that I'm supposed to lead, how can I lead people that are fearful? Man, I'm getting back. And third, our old sin nature. Some of you have a mindset this morning that comes from your past. We'll talk about that mind grid. I believe that Joshua will probably begin to speak to himself. You ever talk to yourself? Say yes, you do. Here's what Joshua probably said to himself. I'm not Moses. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm great as a second in command. I'm not like a first in command guy. Now God knew all three of those wrong thoughts. So what does he have to say to him? Three times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Could it be this morning that God has asked you to do something? And you're arguing with him from the listening to the devil to your own flesh? I don't really want to do that. And to the world squeezing you into its mold. Look how God ends this conversation. Look at verse 8. As you read verse 8, here's what God's saying. Joshua, transform your thinking. Quit thinking wrong. Look what he says. Study this book of instruction continually. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Meditate on it, Joshua, day and night. Get into the Word of God. Listen to what I've said. So you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, Joshua, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Now, how do I know that he wasn't? Notice the next word. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Maybe you're here this morning. Uh, one of our campuses, you're discouraged. You're depressed. Here's what God says to you this morning. Quit thinking wrong. I live in you. The outlook is fantastic. Change your thinking. Quit thinking about all that's wrong and be intentional about all that's right. Notice what he says at the last verse. Because I will always be with you. He's with you this morning. Quit your thinking that's wrong. That's what God is saying to Joshua. Quit being fearful. What are you fearful about? It's going to be okay. You see, one of the things I'm fearful about is sitting in coach tomorrow. And there'll be everybody on all sides of me. And I'll be like this for the next 27 hours. So God just says to me, get used to it. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So pray for me, okay? See, this is good for all of us, amen? This is good for all of us. Now, so I want you to write the first thing down, then I got one more key today. Here we go. Principle number one, God wants to renew our minds. And he does that, obviously, by meditating on the word of God. But there's more. It's just not the renewing of our mind. Paul's going to give us another huge principle. Write it down, and then we'll turn there and unpack it. Principle number two. God commands us to control our thoughts. 
We, with his help, have to learn to control our thinking. Now, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Not only do I need to renew my mind, but I have to learn to control my thoughts, my thinking. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you'll go down to verse 3. We are in a battle that's just ongoing. It never, ever stops. And so because of that, this battle is about my thinking. It's your thinking today, whether you're a believer or even an unbeliever. Now we begin in verse 3. I'll read it again in the New Living. Notice what it says. We are human. We are human. Anybody here? Are you human? Can I see your hand if you're human? We're human. Now, why in the world would Paul say that we're human? Because of this. We'll never win the battle with human methods. Watch it. It's a spiritual battle. We don't see it. But it's a spiritual battle. So he says this. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. I'll tell you what those are in a moment. Not worldly weapons. To knock down, to defeat. Here's a word I want you to circle. We're going to pray for every one of us at the end of our service. To knock down the strongholds that are in our lives. And many of them come from human reasoning... And false arguments that the Satan brings into our mind. So Paul says, we're in a war. You would need to understand you're in a war. And what is the war like? It's very personal. Notice all the we's. We. We. Some people think, well, Pastor Mark, you're going to India, uh, the pastor's here, they're in spiritual warfare all day, but I'm just a Christ follower. I'm not in warfare. You are at war right now. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, I didn't know it, but I'm, at, I'm in war right now. Go ahead, just turn on your neighbor and tell them that. And let's see if you're any good. Come on, let's see if you're any good. And if I'm any good as a teacher, what are your three enemies? Come on, right off the top of your head. Boom. What are they? Satan, the world system, and my old funky thinking, my old flesh. Good. So you're in a war. You're in a war just exactly like I am. So how do I fight that war? I do not fight that war with human reasoning. It's an old brainer doesn't work. Human reasoning is faulty. I fight it with whose weapons? We read it. Whose weapons? God's weapon. I will bring down strongholds in my life that Satan wants to bring in to me through the weapons of God. And what are those weapons? Prayer, the word of God, and the power of God. See, they're spiritual. And prayer, of course, includes meditation. All day long, we're bombarded with ungodly and negative thoughts. Satan is looking... To establish, set up destructive strongholds in my mind. What do I mean by that? A stronghold is simply this. Thinking that is contrary to God's word. That's the opposite of this. Thinking that's contrary to God's will. 
We cannot live a godly life if I'm thinking like Satan. God knows I can't live a positive life if I'm allowing Satan to make me negative and critical. So how do we stop Satan from setting up these strongholds in my mind so I don't think right? And because I don't think right, I don't act right. That's a problem for all of us. Well, verse 5 is the key to winning the battle in our mind. Look what Paul writes. We, which means you and God, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And watch this. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. After all, when we sin, where do you think the thought or the idea came from? It came from one of those three enemies. So Satan knows that our mind is the battlefield. That is where the battlefield is. For many of us, we don't realize we're in a battle. So the enemy just brings thoughts into our mind, and we kind of play around with them, and, whoa, how, how, how did I get here? What did I do here? We forget... So we must be intentional about guarding, controlling our thought life. I have to be intentional. I have to know there's a battle, and I have to know that I have to learn to control it with God's help. So write this down. That means I have to be proactive. I don't wait until the enemy's already got a stronghold in my mind. I'm proactive. I have to guard what I read. I have to guard what I watch. I have to guard what I listen to, and I have to guard who I hang with. You see, what comes into my mind through those things, reading and watching and listening who I hang with, what comes into my mind can set up a stronghold, and I don't even realize it. So let's go with that illustration again, simple one. You're going to watch the Super Bowl. Great. Could there be a commercial that maybe you don't want to focus on? Could there be a commercial you may not want to focus on? Okay, good. So I know some of you are going to say, well, then I'm just going to take my 60-inch HD TV and I'm going to put it on the street, wait for somebody to take it, because I'm never going to watch TV anymore. <laughs> Would you stop after the service? Give me your address, please. <laughs> Is that what I mean by being intentional? No. You just have to be careful. You just use some common sense, spiritually. Just don't focus on that commercial, because they're going to do it. You see, tonight should be a fun night if you want to watch the Super Bowl, right? should be a fun night. In fact, Dr. Oz says we can even have pizza tonight. So I'm going to have pizza tonight. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go off the, you know, just not be healthy, and I just have the Super Bowl and pizza. Praise God. How many think that's a good thing? That's a good thing. All right, good. Now let me bring you back from the Super Bowl and get your mind back here. Let's start thinking about things. So I have to be intentional, and I have to be careful who I'm hanging with. The Scripture's always clear about that. I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to be negative. I'm just going to understand what that means. Now, let me share with you how that works. When Linda and I travel, most of the time, 90% of the time, it's missions. And we go all over the world. Quite often, we go to a third-world country. Now, when you go to a third-world country, you have to be very intentional about what you eat. I remember once that Linda and I were on a ministry trip with another pastor to Malaysia. We took a bus from Singapore all the way up into Malaysia. It was a great trip. 
the three of us and about 144,000 roaches. It was a very interesting trip <laughs> as we headed up to Malaysia. Well, when we finally got up there, amazingly, we were hungry and we stopped to look for something on a street market. Street markets are very common. And so always look for healthy soup because they have all these fresh vegetables and all the spices are brand new and they're, they're just fantastic. So there's so many varieties. I'm looking around. I find me a nice one. There's some vegetables, some kind of meat in there. looks cool, whatever. And they put all these special veggies in it and stuff. And I'm, I'm, I look down and there's some kind of pasta in there, like penny pasta or something. So I'm getting ready to order this big bowl. And the pastor walks by. He, he's from Singapore. He's used to going to Malaysia. He says to me, you probably don't want that soup. I said, no, I want that soup. I said, it looks healthy. It's got all this neat stuff in it. doesn't look too hot to me. And there's this great pasta in it, which is fantastic. He says, Those really, that's not really penny pasta. That's cut up pieces of intestine. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he said, if you'd have eaten that, if you'd have eaten that, you'd have hepatitis. So what did I learn from that? I learned always now. Wherever I'm at, I'm going to ask, what is that? <laughs> and if I can take a piece of it and a... By the way, when you took that sucker, it wasn't cleaned out at all. Really good, huh? So I had to learn to be intentional. You and I have to learn to be intentional with the darts that the enemies put into our mind. It's a process of learning. We have to guard our minds. So today I want to give you three R's. Three R's that will enable us to control our thinking. God knows if we allow him to control our thinking, that will enable us to act as a Christ follower should. Here's the first R. Recognize the wrong thought. See, I had to recognize that that was not penny pasta. Somebody had to help me recognize that. Now, as I said many times, we are bombarded. We are bombarded all the time. Thoughts from the world system that we live in. What are those thoughts like often? Here's what they are. Power, pleasure, position, and possessions. That's the way the world thinks. You want to be rich? It's about possessions. You want to be in control? Be in control. You got to have position. Pleasure? If it feels good, do it. Power? The only way you're going to get ahead is you overpower other people. Then thoughts from former way of thinking. You see, all of that, that sinful nature, as I already said, my sinful nature is about two things. Sensual, because we're very sexual beings, and selfish. I have those. And third, Satan then comes along and he says this. Hmm, lust, pride, anger, fear, greed, bitterness, all kinds of evil. Today, Pastor Mark continued teaching about the importance of spending time meditating on God's Word. You were reminded about God's desire to transform your mind from your old way of thinking to his way of thinking. He also taught about the need to take charge of every thought that entered your mind by monitoring what you watch, what you read, what you listen to, and who you hang out with. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. The next edition of Lessons for Living will conclude the message, How to Control Our Thinking. Pastor Mark will provide steps for guarding your heart and mind. He'll teach about recognizing the wrong thought, rejecting that thought, and replacing that thought with God's Word. He'll speak about this being an ongoing, lifelong behavior that needs to be followed to successfully take on the mind of Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.